we go. Can you All hear right. me? Praise God. Amen. Amen. All right. We're together. <sighs> well, as you know, we are in um, our Presence of God series, and um, it has been a while since I've been up here. I think the last time I was up here was 2020, um, and I think it was about five to six years before that, so I don't come up very often. And um, I just... Um, the Lord led me, and he just kind of kept pressing on me that this was a topic that I was to um, kind of just speak on because of where he's taken me and, and how he has helped me in this. And as Matt, as Pastor Matt has um, been talking about, he's been talking about how the presence transforms us, what it is, um, the things in our lives that can hinder it or quench it, and what our lives would look like as we walk in it. And uh, one thing I want to, and it's funny because uh, Pastor Matt says there's things that he takes from me in our conversations and shares. Well, he didn't see my notes at all. He hasn't seen them. But he gets up here to pray, and what happens? And I was like, he's stealing my message. Literally, the verse, and that Jesus is the, you know, the reason why we're able to enter into our presence. So that is something the Lord, even last week, really started to uh, stress upon me, was that we're allowed to have this presence and we're allowed to be in his presence for one reason, and that's because of what Jesus did. And we can never forget that. No matter what we learn about, we have to remember that we have this ability because Jesus made a way for us. And so that's something we never want to forget. We never want to forget that. And uh, my hope today is to share with you just a technique. As I shared, uh, as I was saying, this was kind of on my heart because of something the Lord's been, been doing with me. And um, he showed me a technique, it was kind of back in 2020, to help me enter into his presence and to stay focused. And I'll explain about the focus part a little bit later. Just gonna yes. Um, you need to let them know when you want to advance to the next slide. You're not actually connected. Oh, okay. Thank you. Thank you. Well, they got it anyway. Um, so the title of my message is Presence Through Prayer. And I'm going to just share... A little bit about myself, you may not know this, but I have, um, and I've been known to, it's actually gotten better, but I have a lot of energy. I have a lot of energy. When I was growing up, it was not uncommon that words like hyperactive, fireball, fidgety were used quite often in sentences referring to me. If you don't believe me, you can ask my parents. It kept them fit, thin, and in shape. And I remember a couple of, uh, I don't know if it was about six months ago, Elizabeth sitting here and all my family was sitting here. It might have been longer than that. And we're sitting here and all of our feet are going. And she was like, your family just has like all this pent up energy. And we just use our feet to help get it out so that we're not wiggling in our seats. And can anybody else relate? Like there's just like this energy and you've got to get it out. And so <laughs> now take that and try to pray, you know, and... Uh, <laughs> It's okay that I'm like that. It's okay that you're like that. My father created me to be like that. He knows I'm like that. And um, I'm going to pull a scripture at 139. I love that verse, and I actually just started getting filled when he started reading it because it tells me that God, my father, the creator who made everything about me, knows me. He knitted me together in my mother's womb. He knew me before my mother probably even knew she was pregnant with me. He knew me. And he wrote books about me. Right. He knew exactly what my personality was going to be like. He knew how I was wired because he did it. And so he's not stumped by me. 
My parents might have been stumped by me when I was a kid, like, oh my gosh, what do we do with all of this? But he wasn't stumped by me. And he knows exactly what I like. He knows my dislikes. He knows me intimately. And he speaks Stacy. He speaks Stacy. And I use that terminology, and so I'm going to share a little bit of story. Um, years and years ago, my grandmother, she was about 87, 88, and I decided I wanted to learn how to crochet. And she has taught hundreds and hundreds of people. She is like just an amazing crocheter. She can like in one day create these baby sets that are so intricate with the whole, you know, little bonnet and the sweater and the blankets. And I was like, I want to I wanna learn how to crochet. And so... She had tried, and I, and I went over to her house, and for, for a while there, we sat there, and she was just kept going, no. Now, she's an Italian, so she can kind of get a little bit, like, sterner, um, and, and she didn't have a lot of patience, and she just, I should say she did have patience, but I was wearing her patience as a 40-some-year-old, and um, she was like, ugh, and she just stops, and she kind of, like, stands up, and she's like, how do I speak Stacy?" And she took about... 30 seconds to a minute, paused, turned around, looked at me, and she goes, okay. And she began to explain it. Instantly, I got it. And from that moment on, I never had trouble learning or crocheting. And up until that point, it was, my, I think Angelia had tried, my mother had tried, several people had tried. I could not, it was frustrating for me. She was able to figure out how to speak so that I could understand it. And that's how God is. He speaks us. And so when I endeavored to spend some more time with him, of course, he was like, hey, I want to help you. You know, that's what he wants from us. And so it was in like early, I always pray before the beginning of the year about what the Lord would have me focus on that year. And so 2020, I prayed and I just got in my spirit that the Lord was trying to say, you're going to spend more time in my presence and honestly, I didn't even understand what that looks like. And it doesn't mean that I didn't pray, so don't get me wrong. I know I've, I've told you guys I've, I've been saved for 30 years. It's not that I haven't been in the presence. Um, and it's not that I don't pray, but it didn't come easy to me. And so here we are in 2020, and then as everybody knows, February, March hits, and COVID hits, and we're in, like, lockdown. And, um, well, now I didn't have any excuse so now, like, I have time. You know, I'm, I'm kind of stuck in, we're all stuck in our homes. I have time. And, but I had all this, like, pent-up energy. And I just, there were times where hours would go by and my mind would just be all over the place. And I started praying. I said, Lord, I really need help, help so that you can just help me to, to not get distracted. And um, so what I kind of want to share with you today is what the Lord did, what he brought to me to help me. And I know that I might be wired differently than you, but I know there's people out there who can relate to me, that you get into prayer and all of a sudden, a half hour, 45 minutes to an hour, you have this, you're somewhere where you're like, where did I even originate? Where did that thought come from? And we're off in left field and 45 minutes has gone away. And the Lord... Um, started to help me with that. He decided he was going to help speak Stacy, And so I'm going to give you a little bit of a peek into my prayer life in the morning. 
And um, my husband is so gracious. When I told him, I was like, okay, this is where I feel like the Lord wants me to go. He was like, hey, you know, you have a prayer. You know, do you want me to bring your prayer chair? And so <laughs> as much as that would have been really, really nice. So I've had a prayer chair for, well, since my youngest daughter was born, my in-laws actually purchased my first one, not knowing that it was going to be my prayer chair. It was just a lazy boy. But this chair has been with me for 24 years. It actually one time got a little too close to our wood stove and like singed on the whole side. It's one of those chairs. Like it is worn and everything. And um, we actually back it, in uh, later in 2020, we actually just got a new one because the other one was really the springs were coming through and it was starting to get uncomfortable. But I have this prayer chair, and that's where I would go, and I seek the Lord. And so he was like, hey, if you're going to be getting into your thing, do you want me to bring your lazy boy? And as much as that sounded really, really nice to be able to just sit down in the lazy boy, I just thought that was completely unfair because you guys all don't have one. Um, as much as I want you to be able to join with me in it. But I want to share a little story. This is, got to go to the next slide. This is my dog, Barnabas. And that's my prayer chair and my blanket. And so when I tell you I want, I'm going to bring you into kind of what my prayer life is in in the morning, um, i got to give you a little background about my dog. And so Barnabas was, we owned his mom and dad. He was born in our camper when we were camping in Florida and actually in, on Disney property back in um, 2011. And for the four, first six weeks of his life, he did not have a name because we just could not agree, me and the kids, not, couldn't, couldn't agree on a name. And one day, um, we were at church on a Sunday. Pastor Tom was up here preaching, and um, he said the name Barnabas. And he said, Barnabas means son of encouragement. And it was like whoa, something just hit me inside, and I leaned over to Matt, and I said, that's his name. And the reason why that name hit me was because Barnabas had a lot of energy in the morning, like at 4.30, 5 o'clock in the morning. And there was nothing that we could do to get him to calm down or to stop, you know, running around. So what I would do is I would take him so he wouldn't wake everybody up. Him and I would go down into the family room before it was like the sun even came up. And he would play and... I would sit down with my word and I would read the word until eventually he would get tired, conk out, and then, of course, you know, it's praying, so I would conk out too. The two of us would sleep until everybody else got up. And so son of encouragement was like, yes, because he encourages me before the sun comes up to read my word. So Barnabas stuck. The kids weren't crazy with it, but it's grown on them over the past 12 years now. And um, so this is Barnabas. Barnabas is so trained that... The moment he hears the click, 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 click of the chair, he's like, it doesn't matter where he is in the house, he comes running up, he knows it's prayer time. This morning, though, he shocked me. I was actually, I mean, sometimes he's up there before I even get there, but this morning, I don't know what was going on, but I went and poured my coffee, like I always get my coffee, and then I go sit in my prayer chair. I poured my coffee, and he was on the couch with, I think, Angelia. The next thing we know, he goes tearing through the house, up the stairs, and guess where he is? He's sitting in my prayer chair, waiting, getting it all nice and warm and comfy, waiting for me. And uh, so he's trained better than I am. Because so, he, a lot of times, will make it up there before I do. 
And uh, so I just have to share, this is my little prayer partner. He's actually comes on Wednesdays and uh, the, they have a group of, of women and men that come and pray on Wednesdays and they just love him because he comes in. You know, it says in the word to preach to the gospel, he has heard messages, he has heard my heart, he has licked my tears. Um, he, he, is, uh, he, he is just my, my little prayer guy. So the first thing that I'm going to, what, let me go back, let me go back. Um, so my prayer chair. So when I was sitting there, the Lord started to show me the Lord's prayer. It's okay. You can go back to that thing that you can go back. Um, Matthew 6, 9, 13. And because I have a tendency to get distracted, the Lord's like, hey, I'm going to help you not, you know, get so distracted, go squirrel. Um, so, which I have a tendency to do. And I, when he said, he brought to mind, he gave me this impression of the Lord's Prayer, I kind of was like, but I know the Lord's Prayer. And he was like, yeah, but you don't know it how I'm going to teach it to you now. It's going to be different. See, when I learned it as a Catholic, I learned it as just a very ritual prayer. I learned it that it was just something I memorized, like my times tables. And I didn't really give it a lot of thought. And he says, I'm going to make it new for you. It's going to be different. So... If you have your Bibles, you can turn to it, or it's actually, I'm going to be bringing it up here, and we're just going to start in, and I'm hoping to share my heart with you that you can, and you get ideas. It's a way to start a, com a conversation. It's a way to start a conversation with the Lord. And as we know, a conversation has to be two ways. So sometimes when we get in prayer, we just kind of are all kind of just praying out to God everything that we need. But he, when we're in this presence, we're in this relationship, we need to hear from him. And I remember when Kate and Jordan first started to date, they went to go on their first date, they went out for coffee, and we were like, wow, he's been gone a long time. And they sat in a coffee house for four hours and had a conversation. Four hours. So to have a deep relationship we got to have a conversation, and that's exactly what Jesus wants to have with us. He wants to have a conversation. Right. So I'm going to just, we're going to go through each of the, the parts of the Our Father, and I'm just going to highlight what the Lord brings to mind and how we can have this conversation. So the first part says, Our Father who is in heaven, holy is your name. You know, Jesus talks about worship always being the first thing. And um, it focuses us. It helps get us focused in, in our eyes set on him. It gives us proper alignment with the Lord. And underneath, there are a few things that the Lord has highlighted. So I want to share with you, there's going to be a lot of bullets underneath. This is not something the Lord just did in one morning in my prayer time. This is over the last two years. And I don't pray the Our Father every single morning, but it is one of those things that I do very, very often. And I allow him to speak as I start to worship. So when, we, when I pray the Our Father, Our Father who is in heaven, how, holy is your name, sometimes I'll put on worship music. Sometimes the Lord will, I'll have woken with a, a song in my spirit and I'll go and find that worship song and I'll start to, and I'll just play that and worship to him. I'll praise him. I sit there and I declare who he is and what he has done. 
sometimes I'll read um, Genesis and, and his creation, and I start to declare all that he has done for me, for my family. It helps me to give undivided attention to him. I pour my love on him. And again, these are just little highlights. I meditate on who he is. And focus on that there is no one like him. There is no one like him. And then that there's no one who loves me like he does. In all the world. I know that my husband loves me. But my God loves me even more. And it makes my heart open to just want to show him how much more I love him. Ephesians 3, 18 says that we would know how wide, how long, how deep the love of God is. We can spend all of our days, I don't care if you've been saved 50, 75, you'll never, ever, ever know the complete love of God, the complete love of God. Every day, it can be new for you. And that's what he wants to do. He wants to share that every day with you. You can go to the next one. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done as it is in heaven. You know, I don't know anybody who has studied heaven more than Pastor Tom and Lynn. So if you want to know more about heaven, you can seek him out after church. But he has read books. Lynn was saying that she just, you know, when she's in the midst of something or she's trying to change a thought pattern in her head, she starts opening books about heaven, life and death um, encounters. And it is amazing. And so even Jesus, here he is. This, this prayer was taught by Jesus. And he's saying, think about the kingdom of God. Think about, meditate on it. And so meditate on what heaven looks like, what the atmosphere might be like. Yeah. You know, during COVID, I just had to remind myself, like, there's no COVID in heaven. There's no sickness in heaven. There is no cancer in heaven. There is no tears in heaven. There's no strife in heaven. There's no, there's no working in heaven. There's complete peace. And then what would it look like for heaven to come here? What would it look like for the kingdom of God to be here on earth? And then ask him what his will is. See, this is where the conversation is. When we know Jesus and we have the Holy Spirit in us, there's actually a conversation. And maybe you won't hear an audible voice. I don't usually hear audible voices but I get impressions. Sometimes I see pictures. Sometimes I see words. Sometimes something will just come to mind. And that's the Holy Spirit stirring in you. So when I sit and I'm going through this, I allow the Spirit to lead me where he wants me to go. And sometimes he'll focus, sometimes only on one part. We might spend you know, a half an hour or whatever just focusing on what his kingdom is like. And then I'm good. It's not... Not a, it's not religious. We don't have to do the same.
walking through life without God. I can't imagine. But yet every single day we pass people who are. They're going through their sickness. They're going through divorces. They're going through COVID. They're going through, you name it. They're going through it without the Lord. And what is our job? Jesus said it was a commission. I always see myself, the word conduit is always seems to be in my spirit. I just want to be connected to him and giving out. Lord, just you know whatever it is you want somebody to receive from, from you today. And he just wants us to be available. He just wants us to be available. The next one I really love. Give me this day my daily bread. Now, I don't know if I really like it because I really like food. Food is, um, I love food. I, I don't know about you, but I absolutely love food. And I used to think, because this said daily bread, that really it was just the bread. You know, he gave manna to the Israelites. Um, <laughs> but as I sat and I started to meditate and sit in the Lord, the Lord was like, there is so much more here. It's not just about physical food. It's not just about physical food. When we walk with the Holy Spirit, it is truly an adventure. I always said, you know what? You want to be on the greatest adventure? Give your life to the Lord. You think, you know, hiking Mount Everest would be the most exhilarating thing? How about giving your life to the God who created Mount Everest and that there actually is no mountain high enough where he can't take you? Or the depth of the sea that he can't take you. And then there's everything in between. And that's why the, the, the walk with God is a journey. It's an adventure. He wants to speak to us. And, and I, I recently just was telling somebody, like, there's a lot of paths. Basically, sometimes God just asks you, what do you want your scenery to look like? Do you want to be in the mountains? Do you want to be on a road? Do you want to be by the ocean? What do you want your scenery? Ask the Lord, hey, where do you think I should be today? What do you think I should be doing? So when I, when I started to pray this, um, I would pray for physical food because I like food. And I knew that the tent that the Lord gave me to house my, you know, it's my temple, it's my tent, it needs food. It needs food, it needs nourishment, it needs vitamins. And, you know, a lot of people have said to me, wow, you're so in tuned with what your body needs. I really think that it's the Holy Spirit that tells me because I ask him like, hey, what do you think I need? And lo and behold, he'll lead me to a vitamin. Hey, you know what? You probably should take this. Next thing I know, my doctor's like, do you know you should probably take this? And sometimes it's certain foods. Like all of a sudden, I'll crave a certain food. Now, I do know that the gummy bear is probably not like what the Lord wants me to have or that I need that. But he loves me, so he allows me to have gummy bears. And... You know, one time, right now, I, he's been telling me have a, half a, have a half avocado in the morning. So guess what? I have a half avocado in the morning. So we can pray, him, pray to him about what we're supposed to eat, what our bodies, because our bodies are all a little bit different, what our bodies need. And as I was praying the one time, the words came to me, healing is the children's bread, and I've been praying for healing. And I actually was like, is that actually biblical? So I actually had to do like a little research on, so I spent time in my, in my prayer chair researching, is this accurate? And yes, it is in the word, because I didn't want to pray something that wasn't in the word. You know, the Israelites called God Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who heals. And we 
can actually claim and, and receive the same thing. And so when I sit and I'm asking God for my daily bread, I pray, God, heal me. Touch this body that you've given me so that I can run the race that you've set before me. And he also gives us the word which renews our spirits and our mind and our soul. And it, it is that living water that Jesus spoke of. It'll never run dry. We will never be thirsty again. He supplies all of it. And I find myself when I'm sitting and asking to receive, I sit with my hands open. I want my posture, even in my physical body, to just be in a place of receiving from him because I know that he wants to give it to me. He is Jehovah Jireh, the Lord who provides everything, finances. Give us our daily bread. Well, some of us need finances, so don't be afraid to pray for finances. God has it all, and he wants to give it to his kids. So we just have to ask. Sometimes we don't have because we don't ask. The next part is forgive me of my sins. Sins, sin separates us from God, so repent quickly. You know, when we all gave our lives to the Lord, I remember um, I gave my life to the Lord in this church, and I remember going through the prayer, and I remember the, the woman who led me in the prayer turned around and said, from this day, your past has been erased. And I remember I get this picture of like bleach cleaning up a, a, like a tile. And Recently, the Lord is like, no, it was, it's, it's even more like, it's incinerated. They can't put a special light over it, you know, because you see those forensic movies and you can get a light and you can see it. And no, like, it's actually, he takes all of our sins at that moment and he throws it in a incinerator and they are burned. There is nothing left but ashes. They can never be used again, never be retrieved. But from that day on, we have to daily ask God to forgive us. And Jesus knew that. And so he's helped us by putting this in, in this prayer. It's a time for us to reflect and repent. And then he kind of took it one day further um, a couple months ago, and he's like, that you wouldn't even think evil. Jesus says, if you even think of it, it's a sin. And I was like, ooh. You know, because sometimes I think, well, it's not like I'm out there, like, stealing or shooting anybody. But wow, what was my thought life like? Lord, would you just, Lord, forgive me of that negative thought or that, that not nice thought that I had towards somebody. If I've doubted or not obeyed God's promptings where he's asked me to do something. And then because it talks about the evil thoughts for anybody else, how about the negative thoughts we have for ourselves? If it's evil for us to think evil of somebody, is it not just as evil to think of ourselves evil, have negative thoughts towards ourselves, it says that those thoughts make us, they can make us sick. That's good. And we're actually thinking bad about God's creation, which is us. And so this was something huge that the Lord had to help me with. I do want to share something. While I was going through this, the, the Lord had talked to me about the difference between Conviction and condemnation. And so I want to give this example that, that, I've, that I had heard. Conviction is recognizing where I messed up and then I repent. That is from God. God shows you. So an example is earlier this week, we were driving and a car did something. 
and sometimes I think driving is like hazardous to my salvation. Um, and a car did something, and instantly something came out of my mouth. I didn't swear. I didn't swear. But it would be, you know, it could be just as bad. But when it came out of my mouth, instantly my ears heard it, and I went, ew, that is ugly. I wasn't talking about the guy driving. I was talking about like this thing that came out of my mouth and instantly it was repulsive to me. And I was like, Lord, I am so sorry. I don't know where that came from, but would you clean that up? I'm so sorry that I spoke that and even said that over that man. Forgive me. That is conviction. And it's gone. Because the moment we repent, it goes into that incinerator. Gone. Condemnation is when that happens and we sit there and we beat ourselves and we continually rehearse the mess up in our head. Yep. Not believing. Really what it's saying is, and, and, and some of us even repent. Like it's even after you repent. That we don't believe that Jesus' beating and death was enough for that mess up. Yep. Condemnation is the enemy. Yes. It's like we just have this thing constantly with us. And the enemy is good about putting thoughts in our minds. And so we need to know that the moment we, forget, we ask for forgiveness, it's put in the incinerator. It doesn't exist anymore. Don't let the enemy continue to beat you up. Months ago, I was here in prayer, and, and I'm, when I say this, this is what the Lord has had to deal with me. I was one who constantly rehearsed everything I messed up, and I just couldn't get free from it. And I think, I know that it was making me sick. And one Thursday night, we were here in prayer, and I kept seeing a heart with a sword piercing it. And as I prayed through and prayed through, I heard the sweet voice of Jesus say, don't you know when you do that, it wounds me? And I knew exactly what he was talking about, because here I was in the midst of worship and prayer, and yet in my head was all of these things that I had messed up. And it broke my heart because I never wanted to really, I never wanted to hurt him. I didn't realize that by me beating myself up, I was hurting him. Help me to forgive those who have sinned against me. Unforgiveness hinders our prayers from being heard, and unforgiveness can make us sick. Yep. We need to forgive. And these are some of the highlights that the Lord showed me, that I would not hold an offense, that I would pray for those who have wronged me. Let me tell you, I wasn't good at that, but this is, liber is liberating. When you start to pray for those who have hurt you, something shifts in the spiritual realm. It shifts in your perspective. It changes your heart. And you find yourselves praying that because that, that person probably did it because they're wounded. And it is liberating. Somehow you're able to let that thing go so much quicker that we would forgive words and actions. Words sometimes are more painful than actions. A lot of times we can't remember pain, but we can remember when somebody said something wrong to us. Years and years and years. Three-year-olds can remember things that their parents said way back, and it comes back to haunt them in their 40s and 50s. So words are very, very powerful. We can create or we can tear down with our words. And then I pray always that the, the Lord would bring to mind anyone that I needed to forgive. I think it's interesting that in the Our Father, 
We never add this to the prayer, but verse 14 and 15 says this. If you forgive those, so, so the Our Father goes through 13. This is 14 and 15. If you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive others, your Father will not forgive your sins. Wow. Wow. And somehow we didn't add that to the prayer, but I had to throw that in there because I was like, wow. Where did that come from? So that's how important forgiveness is. Let me not yield to temptation, but deliver me from evil. I'm always praying, strengthen my spirit man so that it be stronger than my natural man. Through the Holy Spirit, through the word, he gives us wisdom. And he shows us how to not yield to those things. I'm always praying, make me aware of the enemy's tactics. He can be sneaky. He can be really sneaky. So Lord, help me to be alert to how he's trying to get into my life. You know, the devil comes to lie, steal, and destroy. He doesn't want anything good to happen in our lives. So I want to know where he wants to get in. That I would take every thought captive and examine it against God's word. Every thought. We talked about the evil thoughts. And how do we find out if what we're thinking, it says that the enemy parades like an angel of light. So how can we distinguish? Well, the only way to distinguish is to hold it up to the truth, which is God's word. I came across this um, analogy, and I'm going to steal it. I think Pastor Matt had told me about it. But when they're training people to know and to recognize counterfeit money, they never show them counterfeit money. They only show them and have them study the real thing. Because as they become so acquainted to the real thing, the moment a counterfeit bill comes across, they instantly know. They can distinguish it because they know what the real thing looks like. Oh, that we would know the word. So that the moment a thought comes in, we would instantly know that's not the character of my God. That is a lie. And we can tell the enemy, Mm-mm. Nope, that one's not from you. That one's not from my father. And we throw it out. Yep. That we would put on the armor of God. Ephesians 6, 13 through 17, huge. And sometimes he'll just show me where, what piece I need to be working on. So again, this is a lot. It's not something I do every single day because sometimes I don't have that much time. So sometimes he'll just be like, you know, your sword in the spirit is a little weak. And I'm like, okay. And I spend a little more time in the word. You know? So just listen to him and ask him. It is a journey, and he wants to direct us in it. Show me where I'm weak. The enemy is not creative. If he has gotten into your armor, he has a tendency to use the same hole. Why create another one and have to work so hard to get in if there's already a weakness in your armor somewhere? So he just goes back into the same thing. And so we need to ask the Lord, hey, reveal, where is he getting in? Where, is I, where am I getting tripped up? And then lead me to people. Maybe there's things that you need to put in place in your life 
to keep you from falling captive to him. He will bring it. There are times where I've been in a place and I, somebody will have called up and said, you know, I was thinking about you and this book came to mind and I really think it's going to help you. And I get the book and I'm like, wow, this was so helpful. I really, I had a wound and it needed healing and that book really helped. Or it was a DVD series. There are times in my life friends have, have said, you know what, I was, I was thinking about you, I was praying about you and this DVD series I really think is going to help you. And it did. And so the Lord will use things in the natural to help us to stand and resist the devil. We have to do something. It says, resist the devil and he shall flee. Right. But we have to resist. That's right. We have to stay alert. He doesn't want us to fall. That's good. He wants the best for us. Amen. And then not all the thing, you know, not all the translations have this, but I like putting it in. It says, for you are the king who rules with power and glory forever. And I like this because it brings me back to focus to God. He's kind of taken me through. We started with worship. I got through, um, you know, what his will is, what it looks like. I've gotten cleaned up by asking forgiveness. And I love, I've gotten filled up by asking for what I need for the day. And then I love just declaring who my God is, knowing that he is on the throne. Nobody's ever taken him down. He's always going to be there. He's never on vacation. He's never going to grow old. He's not that king that gets decrepit and at some point has to hand. He doesn't. He is always going to be there. He always will be there. And I praise and I thank him for everything he just did. So I just want to encourage you. I understand. I had four little ones. My life was busy. And we don't always have times to just sit and spend hours with the Lord. So I get it. But we have to be intentional. Jesus himself, who was part God, actually took time to spend with the Lord. So how much more do we need to? Even if it's 15 minutes, even if it's 30 minutes, maybe you're rocking your baby, it could be wherever you can find time to have that time with him. We have to sometimes discipline and train ourselves to not get distracted. And this is why the Lord helped me with an outline. So because sometimes I kind of go off and I start thinking, I'm like, how did I get there? And then I can come back to be like, oh, no, this is where I was. Lord, give me my daily bread. I like to go back to that one. Lord, give me my daily bread. He wants to spend time with us. It is the highlight of his day. It's what he waits for. It's why we were created. There is nothing that makes God happier than spending time with us. Amen. And if you set your heart to want to spend time with him, he will show you how. He will give you, he'll show you what time you have. He will, he will do everything in his power to want to do, have you spend that time with him. And so I just, I just, encourage you. Ask him to speak you because he knows how you're wired. He knows what you want. Whereas he brought this to me to just help me to stay focused. He'll bring something to you. He wants to have that conversation more than you want to have with him. Yeah. And we just have to know that he knows you. He knows what you like. And he is looking for every possible moment that he can have that time with you. So I hope this helped. This is just a, a little bit of an outline, and it's, it's always new. It's always new. And I get excited because I never know when I sit in my prayer chair what the Lord is going to tell me that day. 
couple weeks ago, um, Trish and Jessica, we was, I think it was Super Bowl Sunday, and I was all excited because I was researching Italian pizza. We're going to go back to food. Italian pizza. And so you have to understand, I have had food allergies for about 17 years, and I've not been able to eat gluten. And about a month and a half ago, a little bit longer, um, the Lord basically said to me, you can eat those things now. And um, I was like, really? So here it is, Super Bowl Sunday, and I was like, I want good pizza, like gluten-free pizza. I mean, it's, it's good. I, I've, I've perfected it, but, you know, there's just something about a good New York City pizza. And I remember praying, and, and I found this place that these three Italian women make, uh, make it. So, you know, it's good. You know, it's good. And I said to them, I said, I love walking with the Lord because we're so thinking the Lord's going to be like, don't do that, don't do that, don't do that, don't do that. But he knows what we like, and he loves us, and he is a fun God. We think he's this mean person. He's not. And I'm like, I always want to have my, my ear tuned to when he's like, have pizza. <laughs> and I said to him, I said, he's telling me to have pizza today. And I had pizza, and it was really, really good. Now, he did share with me, I can't live on pizza. Okay? So I can have pizza, but I can't live on it. It cannot be my only staple. So think of God like that. He is, he, he's adventurous. There is nothing under the heavens that isn't his. And you know what? You never know day to day, but you got to be asking. You got to be asking, what do you have for me today? So come expecting. Pastor Tom, why don't you come up and receive the offering?